0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Thank you for doing that. First Samuel chapter number four and verse number one. I can read there this evening. Amen. I would like to... You know, we have some good people. Really do. We just have some good people. I've shared meals here and there before with people in their own personal homes or just going out to eat. And it just never ceases to amaze me how we just... we just, just good people. Just good people. And and I'm, I'm just thankful for them all. Just thankful for all of you. Verse number one. The Bible says... And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. And really these chapter divisions and stuff, you know, came from a later date and time. The divisions of the chapters are not something necessarily inspired by the Holy Ghost. I have a tendency to think that that first phrase really goes with the other part of the verse of chapter 3. So really, now Israel went out against the Philistines to battle and pitched beside Ebenezer. Everybody say Ebenezer. That's wonderful. And the Philistines pitched an Aphek. And the Philistines put themselves in array against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was smitten before the Philistines. They slew of the army in the field about 4,000 men. About 4,000 men. Amen kind of toyed back and forth what really to call this this evening and so I'm going to to suffice use just one word and I guess it's the punch word for tonight I just want to talk to you tonight about Ebenezer Ebenezer everybody's grinning at me from ear to ear you are so kind amen let's go to the Lord in prayer right now Father I love you God, I appreciate, Jesus, your presence in this place. God, I appreciate, Lord Jesus, that we can smile, Lord God, and enjoy our salvation in the Lord. I praise you, oh God, today we have had, Lord, a weekend of fellowship, Lord, with the banquet. and God, our service this morning and here again tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would help us. God, if there's something that I could relay, Lord Jesus, in this just a short period of time God for us tonight I I wish Lord you would be the spokesperson God through these lips of clay to be able to share God with the people of the Lord in the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray the church say amen amen you may be seated tonight in the name of the Lord look at your neighbor and say Ebenezer Hallelujah shoo this is good stuff and all we had was tea and lemonade last night at the banquet amen Ebenezer since that seems to beat the punch I would like to talk to you just a little bit about Ebenezer I know what minds are probably fastened on being this season whenever I state Ebenezer Ebenezer Scrooge is what the minds are fastening on and with that even being spoken and said there is a concept that comes to your mind some stooped over back elderly gentleman that has the characteristic of being a miser has a strong hold on his money and finances one that is not charitable To those that are around him, Uh, the ball humbug type of attitude, there is not any merriment of heart, everything is a drudge, everything is a hardship. Uh, Charles Dickens in his book even characterized the man in several occasions as being cold, his heart almost being frozen, uh, characterizing him in a very negative sense and negative way. And as if anybody has any love for The Christmas Carol, have ever read it or even uh, seen the story as it has been uh, recasted through the years at different times, everything I have said to you bears true concerning this character, Ebenezer. As a matter of fact, in the story of The Christmas Carol, there is not too many times that he is uh, related to by his full name, Ebenezer Scrooge, but mostly he's just called the Scrooge. And in the story we understand very well that uh, there were different ones that were coming seeking for money and he was not willing to part with his good old Bob Cratchit was wanting to put just some more coal, if you will, on the fire to have it burn for him the others that would uh, keep there and he wasn't even willing to provide for that. He would not say anything concerning Mary the Christmas but rather it was the 25th of December that he would oftentimes uh, relate to. But he had an encounter somewhere along the way. I mean, you're, some of you must understand that Charles Dickens was a religious man. He was. Charles Dickens was a religious man. We could probably take some time to really look at the Christmas carol through the religious eye. But Charles Dickens was a religious man. And so there's a lot that he has contained within his Christmas carol that has a lot of religious aspects to it. And Ebenezer is one of them. A man that has this type of characterization that is visited, if you will, by three ghosts of Christmas, of time past, of time present, and of time to come. And through the encounters of these spirits, as it were, there was a transformation in his life. So that in the end, after he awoke from his sleep that night, the man that was not charitable is now very much so charitable. He's going about doing good deeds and he's buying goods for those that are less fortunate than himself ever. Upon his lip is the proclamation to people he don't even know, Merry Christmas. And they are taken back by this alteration in the life of Ebenezer. And so Ebenezer Scrooge really, Ebenezer in its sense, I know we kind of do all of the association with the negativity, but if we really look at it, the whole process of the story, it's something that started very negative, but then in the end had a positive light that was shed upon the very same name, the very same person, the very same individual. With that being said tonight, for our purpose of 1 Samuel chapter number 4, what has taken place here is a battle that takes place in or around this place called Ebenezer. It's not known as Ebenezer at this moment in 1 Samuel 4. The writers have included that, writing this after the fact of this particular story have included the name of what it would be known as. This place, Ebenezer, is where the Philistines and the Israelites went to battle one more time as they are oftentimes found at odds with one another. And the Bible says, as the story goes, that the Philistines were in their battle array and the Israelites are in their battle array as well. And they joined together with one another in war. And no doubt by the end of the day, there are going to be casualties that are going to be counted. There's going to be some fatalities that are going to be on the field. And there is going to be birth from this moment of war a winner. And there's going to be birth a loser. And it comes to find out that at the end of the day, the Bible says that the Philistines were very great and very strong against the Israelites at this place that would come to be known as Ebenezer. And that they had slain 4,000 men of the Israelites at Ebenezer. Everybody say defeat. There was a defeat that took place at Ebenezer. But to add insult to injury, the fighting seems to continue. Israel believes that if they can get the Ark of the Covenant from Shiloh, from the house of God, and bring it to this location, that they can rally around that and God will go before them and he can give them great success. They are so sure of this that when the Ark of the Covenant gets in their presence, there is a rallying cry from all of the Israelites. It is heard in the Philistines' camp that they know that their God, by virtue of the Ark of the Covenant, has come into their presence. And no doubt the Philistines are somewhat afraid because the Ark... Has come into their camp. Yet the Bible says at the end of that day of fighting, with the Ark of the Covenant in their presence, that Israel, still in around this region of Ebenezer, had lost 30 now thousand. Thirty thousand warriors and soldiers. And so we have a greater defeat. Everybody say defeat. Not only that, the Bible says that thing that they coveted in love, the Ark of the Covenant that they revered is the very presence of God. The Bible says it was in this moment that the Ark of the Covenant fell into the hands of the Philistines and they carried away off the battlefield. This was quite peculiar. The Ark of God had never been anywhere but in the hands of Israel. When it's since the time of the day, it's never been anywhere but the hands of Israel. It had been in the tabernacle. It had been in that revered place. And so not only did they have 4,000 people that were taken, their lives were taken to begin with and 330,000 people, their lives were taken. Now the very thing that they revered as holy and sacred has been taken from their presence. And then, everybody say, then... And then to add insult to injury, the two sons of the high priest Eli, Hophani and Phinehas, has lost their lives as well in this battle. Somebody say defeat. defeat. They lost their lives as well in this battle. But it doesn't stop there. It gets not better, it gets worse. The Bible says when now they have the information that the ark has been taken and these two sons are dead that a messenger goes back to Shiloh where daddy Eli is sitting there by the gate and word comes to him, hey Eli, your two sons are dead. We have lost the battle and to top it all off, the ark of God has been taken. The Bible says when Eli heard that, that he fell backwards. It seems as though his neck or something broke and Eli, die someone say defeat we got we got men that are slain on the left hand and right hand the ark of the covenant is gone the two sons of the high priest are dead the high priest himself is dead this is bad but it gets worse i'm here to be an encouragement to you tonight it gets worse The Bible says that after that's said and done, Phoenix has a wife that is at the stage of having a child. And the Bible says that she has her child and is basically losing her life, almost forgetting this child into the world. And as it comes into the world, she calls the child Ichabod, which means the glory of the Lord has departed. All All of this happened at a little place called, or would be called, Ebenezer. So from that day forward for the children of Israel, that place, that region, that locality, had a negative stigma that was upon it for the children of Israel. If you were to make some type of association or mention of that place, they could talk about how they had lost 34,000 Israelites there. They could open up the wounds and talk about how the blessed ark of the covenant was taken from their presence. Right there. They could tell the story how Eli, the high priest, when he heard news of all the calamity that happened on that day, he died and his sons were dead. And that there was a child born, demarking all the calamity of that place and day, because that's when the presence of the Lord had escaped from their midst and escaped from their time. Can someone say amen? Amen. So there was negativity. That was associated with Ebenezer. Ebenezer was a place where they had suffered loss. Ebenezer was a place where they lost their battle. Ebenezer was a place where they were not at the height of their gain but they were at the lowest if you will of their gain for that matter it was as a nation of Israel a people that were living with un- an unrepentant lives right now at this moment in time I mean it seemed like everything should go well they have the presence of the Lord through the Ark of the Covenant Samuel has spoken a word it seems like everything should turn out okay but they have unrepentant lives that are right here in Ebenezer and things are bad they suffered a loss and as time would go on it seems like that that could just be the story of Ebenezer. It is the demarcation of something negative it is the demarcation of loss it's the demarcation of a battle that was lost but if you turn over then to 1 Samuel chapter number 7 the Bible relates another story concerning this place called Ebenezer it is one more time that the Israelites are are about ready to do battle against the same adversary, the Philistines, at the same location, Abba you got to understand, they are getting into array again. They have everything in position to go to war again. And the Bible even tells us that whenever the Israelites heard in verse number 7 of 1 Samuel 7, that whenever the Israelites heard that the Philistines were preparing to come against them, the Bible says that they were afraid of the Philistines. Now, who would not be afraid? It's like me saying Ebenezer Scrooge and you have all the connotations of the miser, the old man stooped over and all of that. Who would not be afraid whenever they would mention the Philistines Because, and not just the Philistines but the locality that they are at because when they come back to this place what their mind fastens on is this is where we suffered loss. This is where we lost 34,000 men. This is where the Ark of the Covenant was taken. This is where all they are thinking about is every loss that they suffered at that place and that time. And no doubt that is having some bearing upon their mind right now. Because the way that people think is this. If I suffered loss here once, I'm probably going to suffer loss here again. If we lost many lives then, we're bound to lose many lives now. If the ark was taken then, I wonder what's going to be taken now. This is an arena. This is a locality. This is an area that we have. We were not winners in this position. Someone say amen. So we're not, we're, we, we're not winners in this position. What are you saying tonight, Brother McGee? I'm saying we all have certain regions and certain areas of life that we have suffered losses and that we have been, if you will, the losers rather than the winners. There's certain temptations that have come down your pike, so to speak, that you've been a loser at. And you tremble sometimes when you are met with that same thing because the only memory you have is that that's where I lost. That's where I wasn't successful. That's where I didn't have the upper hand. That's where that's where some things were stolen. That's where some things were taken. And we approach them that with a little bit of deference. We approach that just with a little bit of sanctity, not knowing really what's going to take place. And so the Israelites are afraid. They enter into this arena, hey amen. But their position and the way that they approach this is different than they approached it the first time. They looked over at Samuel and they said, Samuel, we want you to pray to God for us. Samuel, we want you to fast. Samuel, we want you to offer up an offering unto the Lord, and so Samuel's crying out to God, he's offering up an offering unto the Lord. There's fasting and prayers that are being made. And the Bible says, when all of this began, whenever Samuel began to pray unto the Lord, the Bible says that the Israelites discomfited the Philistines, and the Philistines were smitten before the Israelites. In verse number 10. That's great. The Bible says they pursued them and they went after them, those Philistines, and they smote them until they came under Bethkar, which is another place. And the Bible says in that moment that Samuel took a stone. Is this all right? I'm going to ask permission, you know. I feel important. This this is a big briefcase. (laughs) Imagine the Bible you could carry in this. (laughs) The Bible says that Samuel set up a stone as a memorial to the children of Israel. It calls this place or this stone, its name, Ebenezer. saying, hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Someone say amen. amen. Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. In other words, even Josephus, a historian writer, he says where Samuel put the monument is the extent of where they had victory in their battle. In other words, he said where they put the monument is the place where the Philistines started to flee for their life. Where he put the monument was the limits and the expanse of their victory of how successful they were in battle and he says this here hitherto has the Lord been our help now there's something interesting about the word hitherto everybody say that to your neighbor hither Hither. hitherto hitherto Hitherto. Hitherto. it's really a couple of words that's within the word hitherto hitherto has the idea of this. It can mean both hither and thither. And what that means is it can mean not only here and now but that which is yet to come thither. Not only what's here but what's there. It's a view of opposite directions. Hitherto he wasn't just saying he wasn't just saying God Has helped us to this point. But in hitherto, it's not that God has helped us to this point, but God will help us beyond this point. It wasn't just as we sing, look what the Lord has done. Hitherto was look what the Lord's going. To top it all off, there's 20 years between the first time they had battle here and the second time they had battle here, and where they went to a place that they were apprehensive about because they had suffered loss there, suffered casualties there, suffered fatalities there. They are walking away from the battlefield that day, not as a loser. But as a winner, and I believe there is a moral in the story today, and that is this, God has the uncanny ability of giving you victory where you may have in your past suffered loss. I'm saying not with feeble knee. Do you need to approach some of the places where you were not victorious in your past? And think to yourself, I'm not going there, amen, because that's where I suffered loss. But if God leads you to there, with reassurance, you can know if you enter with prayer and you enter with sacrifice and you enter with thanksgiving, God can give you victory where once you suffered loss. God can give you victory over a temptation where once you suffered and you failed to temptation. God can give you the upper hand where you felt like you've been having the underhand. Not only that, God wants to place a hitherto in your spirit. Not just telling you that God has given you the help up to this point in time, but God's trying to relate something to somebody tonight. He's not only giving you help, he's gonna give you help. He's not already worked it out in your past, he's working it out in your... Ebenezer used to send a little shrill down their back because of what they suffered lost there. But now all of that's changed. Now all that's made anew. Now it's a place of victory. Now it's a place of celebration. Now. Someone say yes. (laughs) Someone say Glory. (laughs) He said, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord has helped us. The Lord has helped us. The Lord has helped us. This is the extent that the Lord has helped us. But this is also the branch point of where the Lord is going to help us. This is not where it ends. This is where it has, this is where it's culminated. And this is where it's commenced. You know why you need a hitherto in your life? Do you need the alteration of that Ebenezer in your life? Because you need a demarcation in your life that can stand assured and tell you that you can look at, you can touch, and identify with that God has given me victory in my past. He says, I'm going to call it Ebenezer because it's a symbolism of what once was a loss, but now is a victory. We need that type of mark in our Christian lives. Because if we don't, we'll constantly be held captive by the Ebenezer of time past will constantly be held captive of the loss we suffered there. How we allowed the presence, the ark of God, escape us there. How we lost many good things and the glory departed there. And if that's all you have and there's no memorial of demarcation of an Ebenezer of hitherto, the Lord has helped you. You'll constantly be trying to live your future, being pulled back by your past. You'll be constantly taking three steps forward and five steps backward. But when you get an Ebenezer in your life, it says here, there, too four. God has helped me me, and God's going to help me. God did it for me and God's going to do it for me. You need an Ebenezer in your life that says this is what it was, but now this is what it is. Without the demarcation, all you'll hear from your adversary is this, that's where you suffered loss. That's where there were some casualties. That's where there's some f- fatalities. That's where you were not successful. And he'll tell you to think that you can't be successful where you once were unsuccessful. He'll tell you it's without hope, it's without remedy, it's without repair. But hitherto. that too. It doesn't matter what the past has been. If it's been illicit relationships, if it's been addictions, you need God to set Ebenezer up in your life and say that's not the way it's gonna be anymore. We're changing the characterization of who I've been and where I've been and what I've experienced. We're changing the character. too. God's brought me It frustrates my soul to see good saints of God that's chained to the past. It frustrates my spirit to see good saints of God that are constantly living in the mistakes and all of the drudgery of where they had been and what they have done. It just breaks my heart to see them live in a prison of their making, amen, be incarcerated by that. God stationed an Ebenezer in your life. He's changing all that. He doesn't even know what you're talking about. He's throwing that stuff in the depths of the sea. As far as the east is from the west, he's separating it from you. He wants you to remember from this day forward, I'm victorious. I'm a successor. I can do all things through Christ with strength Ebenezer in your life. Stay with me tonight all across this place. Ha, ba, ba, bo, cu, cu, cu. Woo! Musicians come here this evening. Ha, ha, ha. I don't know if you've grabbed a hold of what I'm saying tonight. Samuel's telling them the same battleground you lost on, you're going to win on. Or you have won on. for 20 years 20 years, the naysayers and the onlookers could speak the same thing that the Israelites were telling themselves in their life. That's where we experience loss. For 20 years. For 20 years. Until Israel had to revisit the place where they once lost. Just because you lost there one time does not mean every time is going to be another loss. Somebody hear this preacher right now. Just because you lost one time does not mean every time you're going to suffer loss again. It could be. I know, and they approached it with apprehension. They were afraid the second time. And I think there's a certain amount of health, healthy response in that. And honestly, Yeah, nothing wrong with being cautious about knowing what you were subjected to there. But don't let the understanding of what happened determine what will happen. 20 year mark forward you know what even those on the peripheral that wasn't there that day on either occasion would have to say the last time I seen Israel at Ebenezer they were going out with a high hand they were carrying no dead off the field the ark was secure in its rightful place the last time I, you know what? If you allowed the memorial of Ebenezer to be placed in your life, even everybody that knows your past or knew your past was what part of your past. You know what they have to say once that gets established? The last time I seen so-and-so, her life wasn't being dictated yeah. by the elements or the substances or the lifestyle. That she had been dictated by. But the last time I seen her, she was walking in the power and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads all across this place. And as you bow them, if you can lift your hands in this place tonight. I feel like in just a few moments, the Lord has come down in this place. And he's got some stones, and he's got some memorials in his hands that before the close of this year, 2015, he would like to place the Ebenezer, the place where you suffered loss, the place where you suffered defeat in your past, he wants to put another stamp on it and say, hitherto, the Lord has helped them, hitherto, up to this point and beyond this point, thither and thither, here and then. God is doing the work, I feel him, here in December 2015, God is doing something in the the close of this year and he wants to do it in your individual life help him erect a memorial of an ebenezer in your life has a different classification than it once did because where you suffered loss he's bringing the victory these altars are open if there's someone that would come forward tonight and say god i need that hither mark i, I need that. thank you for listening if you would like more information about our services and activities you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter